Hey guys, my name is Akshita. I'm a data analyst and a travel enthusiast. I'm Anand. I'm a finance bro and a tech geek. And you're listening to the Why Coordinate, the weekly podcast where we discuss the why behind human society and behavior. Lessons from pop culture and our own experiences to lead a more intentional, efficient, and happy life. Hey, Anag. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, Akshita. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. I'm gr- yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the source of your excitement? thing has been a while since we've recorded a podcast and i also went out today and i met some new people new friends so i'm full happy <laughs> that is exciting um yeah it, it's been some time and uh, i'm also quite excited and happy so like i mentioned last time i finally broke out of my exile and i went to new delhi to visit people and i'm so now... glad <laughs> finally <laughs> finally you can say something <laughs> yeah. yes after four or five episodes of talking about how i have no social life um, I, I felt like Robinson Crusoe or uh, yeah, the Green Arrow returning back to civilization. I feel like I'm slowly <laughs> assimilating into society and talking about Thank how... <laughs> All right. So uh, I am very excited to introduce our guest for today. Uh, he and also add the fact that it was his birthday a couple of days ago. He has friends over today, but he is still agreed to grace us with his presence. Taking uh, our time for this. So uh, thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> is um tejasvi prasad he's a uh he's a civil engineer he uh from um from georgia tech he has a specialization in structural engineering and then i have no understanding of uh civil engineering structural engineering so i'm quite uh, so i'm not going to embarrass myself in talking about more specifics for it i'll give it to tejasvi to introduce himself and uh yeah talk about is keeping it in sync with the topic for today right anand yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, having me over um so it's uh, obviously uh, a, a pretty good and, and a good busy kind of week and uh, it's also a first for me and so it's great to have this sort of podcast coincide with my birthday weekend too and you know i was thinking about it and i thought this will be a good new experience this is my first time actually featuring on any podcast so happy to be here We're happy to have you. We're very happy to have you. Why don't you um, go ahead and introduce uh, like a little bit about your work and sure thing, sure thing. So I, um, like uh, Anag mentioned, I have done my uh, uh, undergraduate and masters uh, from uh, you know in in the field of civil engineering. First, I studied in India for my undergrad and moved to the US close to about eight years ago now um, in to do my masters at Georgia Tech. in the middle i i tried working for a year in an indian firm and that's when i realized i really need to study more to do get better in this field can't figure out much otherwise and uh, and yeah it's been uh, you know finished up with my masters in 2015 and i've been working uh, here in the us ever since uh, on buildings at large in within the us uh, i uh, you know it's it's an interesting uh, transition that i've experienced in the over the five years but uh, uh, outside of work i enjoy uh, you know just basically uh running is one of the things i enjoy a lot uh meditating is another thing that i have uh, i picked up during the us and have ever since um so yeah just these overall oh, very exciting stuff uh tejasvi we uh look forward to our discussion today and uh once we get together hopefully you can um 
inspired to go guided meditation <laughs> and yeah and, <laughs> for sure and get get us inspired into yeah, going running is best well. how to stride into it i just dive straight into that part so <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so uh, let me go ahead and introduce the topic for today uh, so the topic the clickbaity version of the topic for today is uh why are dumb people overconfident and smart people doubt themselves so like for example think back to when you were in school uh we all knew someone who thought of them to be more intelligent than they really were they really were uh and just so that i don't offend anyone uh, let's call that person dharmesh chamandas lalwani so this person is <laughs> not <laughs> normally uh you know uh, underperforming in the class in the school assessments but he's also the loudest voice in the classroom he'll raise their voice he'll raise their hands he'll have this unshakable confidence that you know their knowledge about everything is whether history science math is just the best and keep insisting that his poor marks are a reflection of you know just them not caring or the teacher being biased um and Uh, even though this person has no idea he'll consistently raise his hand about things uh, that he is incompetent at and this is a cognitive bias called the dunning kruger effect uh, so let's talk about it let's talk about let's first start by talking about so but you know the way it's packaged is that you know there are dumb people and smart people but actually uh, there's no absolute smart person and there's no absolute dumb person right uh, it based on what field we talk about so like structural engineering or civil engineering in general like i am going to be that dumb person i have no idea how difficult <laughs> or easy it is to you know uh, measure the uh, strength of a trust for example like those things i have no idea uh, so i don't even know what that is but yes <laughs> 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 so so uh i would probably if i have to go do that i might overestimate my ability so yeah let's let's uh, go around the table uh, you know talking about uh, if you know you you felt that where you kind of overestimated how good you're going to be at something and then you turned out to be quite bad at it yeah i mean um just picking up on on the example of uh, you know just civil engineering in general uh, yeah. in my work as a uh, i'm a forensic engineer who looks at buildings and and you know really talks to the building owners or the residents about problems and civil engineering is is clear it's one of those clearly observable sciences when a building falls down there is no other way to describe it it falls down as if the world trade uh, center fell down everybody knew it fell down something happened here and there but people have this generic way of describing what happened in the building and while as someone who is more intricately aware of the the intricacies of the field and you know what the components are at the surface of it what you guys see is what is happening but how it is happening uh, why it is happening how is it that we call it this uh, these are questions that you know a person who's not in the field is not really going to bother to ponder over um and uh, if they look at us and they they say something and we often nod and they if we, i see them feeling really happy about it with themselves because you know they they, they think it's it's just that uh, structure if you load it it will fail and uh, <laughs> i mean that you know you're right, you're right but you know it gets the more you start knowing how and why the more you realize how many things is it that you don't know and that's where i think it becomes uh, you know interesting and you can draw parallels from this in all fields of life that way we all we've all seen er we all we've all seen house or sanjeevni if i i grew up watching sanjeevni the indian medical show but you knew heart surgery is something you knew cardiac arrest is something and all of that so the more you got involved in the intricacies uh, i guess talk to the medicine folks like, absolutely <laughs> 
True, true, true. I think I think it's it's a very common uh, phenomenon or effect. What is it called? Anang again? Sorry. Uh, it's called, it's called the, the Dunning Kruger effect. Effect, right? So it's yeah. basically. Uh, I mean, I personally have seen it. It's almost half half the people <laughs> around me are like that. I don't I don't know if it's surprising if it's a good thing or a bad thing with the environment that I'm in. But yeah, I I it's I I don't know about myself. I don't think I'm self aware about myself that way. If I have ever <laughs> been the dumb person who's acting too smart. or have been smart in a situation but i've subdued myself that i'm not really sure about myself at that point but when i see uh, look at the other people um, as a third perspective i have seen so many people do that and as tejas we said um, some people feel very happy about themselves if, if they just say the blatantly random statement and they think that how oh, okay we are very cool but uh, only someone who knows the actuality of things will understand how dumb they sound and um, well that's not up to any of us to say or not say to, to say correct uh, correct yeah. exactly how much like, more uh, there is to what they're just saying like they they might know a very surface view of something but uh, what exactly there is uh, and on a good disclaimer guys we are not calling anyone dumb or smart let me just i don't want to be like bad mouthing over you so yeah, there's a certain place that we belong to in the spectrum of knowledge we <laughs> can only see people from that in that particular region there are people who are way smarter than us and we just think they're just like us you know we're limited you know i find it funny uh, to imagine how dunning and kruger these two scientists who came up with this theory might have actually suffered from the same bias themselves and um, how would they have referred to it before they came up in you know with a name for it this is it's they must be feeling so happy with themselves you know we like mastered <laughs> ourselves in this field so. what an irony <laughs> Wow, you've gone really, really meta with that. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned Dunning and Kruger. So the way it came out was in 1999. They did this study where they got a uh, bunch of people. I think there were eight, uh, undergrads in the Cornell University, and they were given like an English grammar test, and then they were asked to rate their ability. And it turned out the ones that performed the most poorly, the ones like they ended up getting 10-15 percent, rated their abilities the highest. And <laughs> uh, so. Uh, and i mean this test has been recreated many times uh with different things like emotional intelligence proficient another language and it's always like this where if you don't know you feel like oh i did really well where when you actually do know stuff then you're like oh i missed out on that so so that is one but then another thing that rakshita mentioned was that uh it's you don't it's harder to see it in yourself like it's very easy to spot this in other people but in yourself you don't know whether you know when that's happening because right. again there's Uh, I mean, to know whether you're not good at something, you have to be good. <laughs> it's it's so ironical that to know that you are shitty at something, you need to be good <laughs> at it, or at least be, have, be better than having like absolutely no knowledge. Like for example, if um someone cannot speak English, is not very good at English, and I give him a set of books to pick, like a good book, how is that person going to pick what is a good book because they don't even understand English really? So <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like this very weird in. Not infinite loop, but just a loop where, yeah, correct. And I mean, and the more you think about this effect, uh, the more you can find it in every uh, sphere of life as we know it. Like growing up, I grew up in a in a in a cricket frenzy, and uh, everyone around me, from the barber at the barber shop to the 
the person who's serving you tea at a you know a chai stall will be like arey sachin should have played the cover drive this way you know like if you play it with the flat bat then you're going to get an edge you have to open up the face and everything and you realize that it's so easy to 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 watch a player and say oh why didn't you just pitch the ball up and swing it that way i you know every time i think of find myself just quietly remind myself how it was when i used to play the game and how difficult it is to actually muster up the end and the concentration to go back up and pitch the ball the same way uh, put in the efforts and then you know but we we discount all of this right when you when you think about somebody else doing something so it's funny it's it's, it's interesting that way yeah, it very, is very very yeah. interesting i'm glad you brought it up and i mean this this man i don't know if you guys have had bosses like this where you know uh there have been so many times where uh i'll have a boss give me some work to do and he will grossly underestimate the amount of time or effort it will require to get that done and initially when i started working i've always felt like i would felt a feel pressure to kind of meet that level of expectation that okay if he wants it done in like an hour i'll do it in an hour and um, or sometimes there are things as stupid as you know uh, doing things in excel where uh, you'll be like oh this can be done very easily you can do it like this or you can do it like that and um, i would get very stressed out i would try to you know try to get it done but then later what i started doing was i was like you know instead of doing that i'll just play it dumb i'll be like i can't do it uh, if you think it's uh, you know it's easy to do it please please go ahead and teach me how to do it and then my manager would struggle to do it he'd he'll spend 10 15 minutes and then you'll like no you're right uh, i think you'll you'll need more time so you can probably take a day or something so again this is this is dunning kruger effect in action where you know you since you don't know the specifics of how to go about doing something you feel that it's very very uh, mm. under under promise and over deliver they say you should that's what you should be doing yeah i uh, i've often fallen on the opposite spectrum so i actually have lived dunning kruger through the first principles if my my boss has a deadline and he's asking me as the project engineer to give a budget i'll be like oh yeah yeah absolutely 15 days we should be done and this happened very recently in one of our projects we had been working on repairs in this building in downtown chicago over here for the last one and a half years and at the end of the project they just wanted us to accumulate uh, just basically cover up all the emails all the uh, the documents issued the repairs done the photographs taken of the repairs performed the, and compiling this one big binder and i've been on this project since the beginning so i thought i know everything because you know whose memory fades over one and a half years and i said of, of course we can finish it up in you know two weeks and it'll be quick and easy we just cost you this much we overran the budget by 100% so you know and and, and the time frame by a month more two weeks <laughs> became one and a half months it was spectacularly awesome but you know, thankfully the client realized that i had overpromised underdelivered but he was very patient about it but yeah i think that's that's one of the things when i think back and you know if i look back and think about it uh, in the beginning you tend to think that a certain task is going to be very linear because you have very limited knowledge of it and it happens to me personally uh, every single project I, i think about the project as a broad problem oh this is a soil problem or this is a concrete building problem so what's going to happen few things is going to go in here and that's it when you get down to the weeds of things uh, it, that's when there's so much more to dig in i think in a way i'm not sure if this is still the same effect or if this is same still related to the topic but the reverse has happened to me where my managers or my bosses they uh, they speak of something as if it's such a difficult task and it's it requires a lot of effort and a lot of work and even though it's a very very trivial task i will start uh, 
I will start doubting that, okay, wait, I was going to do it in this way. But because he made it sound like such a big deal, I think this is the wrong way to go about it. And even though it was the correct way, I'll start doubting the fact that, okay, fine, this is maybe the wrong way. And then I look for a very stupid, longer route to actually reach the same result. So I don't know if it's the same thing. And I don't know if this happens to you. But as soon as you guys told me about how you've overpromised and underdelivered, or your bosses have told you something like, huh, this is so easy. And then you've gone forward to find out how difficult it is. For me, it's a, quite a bit opposite of it. Like it is actually easy, but I've in my head been told that this is difficult. And that's why I go ahead and think of it as this, this is a funny thing. Yeah, I've experienced that too. It's quite, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I think it's, it's the same thing, right? Basically, you are, um, <clears throat> you are smart, but you are not confident. And someone <laughs> is <laughs> in the opposite spectrum. Someone is um, dumb, but they're overconfident about something. So yeah, like your, your perception of how smart. Um, exactly, how it's all. It's have. all about per- perception. And, yeah, it's it, all it's, about context. Right. Yeah. Right. Continuously mm. updating, changing, um, and even the people who. And this is something that that ha- I see a lot in my line of work, where in face of it are oftentimes most. Uh, simple looking people who have very sparse world. look at them you know they should look at all these years of silver and bags and uh quietest of demeanors but the best engineers that i have noticed the field are the ones with the quietest who just walk about as if you know, nobody's business doing their thing but then they've just come back from designing a building that's a thousand meters long tall you know we have on these engineers <laughs> in our office too he'll just he presented a building um there's a high rise that's going to be built in Jeddah. It's actually built, almost done. Next couple of years, taller than the Burj, and that's being designed out of the office where I'm. I'm privileged to you know to watch the people who are doing the design and who have presented it. So when such a person presents the topic, uh, you as a structural engineer, when somebody's explaining something to you, very simply, ah, that's it. That's the that's the underlying principle that the entire building that is more than a kilometer long tall is. Uh, this is following just easy to comment on it and say oh what could you have done better but when that person's listening to you as you give back you know all excited proud of yourself for something and they're just nodding their head simply because you know you think you oh this is it that's it to the whole thing but for them it's like coming up with the design understand the limitations of their design and how the other designs were um and it's brilliant but i think these insights are few and far in between so true true <laughs> very true yeah, I mean, there's always so much nuance to it. Uh, and many times what happens is, let's say, like, for example, in Nakshita's example, your boss has probably made it seem difficult because maybe in one out of 10 times doing something similar, there were additional problems or things going south. Uh, whereas nine times out of 10, it works out like you follow the the most direct method of doing it. Uh, or in like they just your example, uh, you come up with an insight, but maybe you don't know what the nuance behind it or what their thinking was. Uh, I've personally seen it with like uh, ad campaigns. Some of them are extremely stupid ad campaigns. So like when you when you see it, it seems like, oh, why, why did they come up with something like this? It makes absolutely no sense. It's such a dumb ad. But like when you delve into what they were working at, what they were trying to go for, what were their constraints, um, then they start like making more sense. And again, I feel like that is uh, an example of this bias uh, in action. But on the flip side, I feel like sometimes uh, we are our worst, like we are our own enemies in terms of like overthinking things 
and um, ignorance is bliss sometimes you should just go in guns blazing rather than kind of uh, thinking too much about it uh, you know like akshita mentioned she overthinks and screws it up for herself rather than you know going with trusting her instincts so do you guys feel we can uh, use the dunning kruger effect to our advantage especially in things that we put off or uh, you know overcomplicate for ourselves that's that's good uh, i i think if you you know think about the effect of of your awareness of this bias and if you try to reflect on it um there are many occasions where we have perhaps been subconsciously aware of the this bias uh, you know in a, in the back of our minds and not quite addressing it as clearly as you would now that we are talking about it uh, but you sort of subconsciously also put it let it just keep simmering in the background and just go about your work and what happens is as you more about a new topic your own opinions uh, organically updating themselves so suddenly um, you know you, if you don't talk to anybody about something that you're starting when you start learning about it and when you have when you when you talk from the way you talk and the way you present your own thoughts just change and i've experienced that time and time again where i'll be quieter about what my achievements are in a particular field because i know to myself of all the failures that it has come with so i try to not highlight the failures understand that every and then what happens in this state as well is that i think that oh because i have done so much in this field i look at everybody with that renewed sense of respect because i realize how much they might have also learned and this could work both ways i think uh, like when i was just reading about this uh, particular bias and you know just informing myself it, it it spoke about the fact that experts themselves tend to rate other people as highly as themselves so what happens is that they still suffer from a low confidence uh, uh the whole feeling of low confidence because they realize oh everybody is an expert so the experts don't understand how expert they are uh, the people who are not experts don't understand how not experts they are you know it's, it's correct i actually read a theory about why this i mean how or why this effect plays out um it's 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 it said that the dumb people and i'm using this term very loosely this entire podcast uh is so yeah, the fifth they, time you said that so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm being very cautious okay um but yeah so uh, the dumb people they don't realize their stupidity and that's why they don't even see the flaws and that's where they're confident because for them it's correct and it's a very very it's a very common not even a common sorry it's a very basic thing just because they do not know the nitpicks of things just because they do not know how wrong they are or not even wrong how uninformed they are at points of time they're just overconfident about it but then the smart people they do know at times whether they're right or wrong they do know how deep or difficult a problem statement or whatever can get and that's why because they're smart enough to have the different options in their head they start doubting themselves or they are uh, uh, they subdue themselves so in a way just the mindset of the person is what causes this effect whether you are someone who is actually looking to find out if you're making a mistake or not and as you said tejas be very correct it's a very self uh, you need to reflect on these things and you need to be very self aware of this so if i don't really want to know if i made a mistake or if i'm doing things the right way i'm just going to be confident about everything that i do and that might just i don't if i'm smart about it then great that's just working for me very well but if i'm a dumb person who is doing that then this this effect of this bias just come in handy so uh, that's what i had read and i think 
now that you all mentioned your uh, different uh, views on it it just came up into my mind and i was like yeah this yeah. <laughs> it's like when you look at your facebook memories from every day and go back to your post 7 8 years ago about a topic you thought you were so expert at when you were talking about it <laughs> i have this one uh, now you're just like a oh, cringe goodbye <laughs> oh yes i'm like can i hide this comment you know when i think i'm being exceptionally can I hide smart sometimes? yes when you are like oh this is so insightful nobody at my age can think and you oh, read it boy. only 10 years later and you're like it's really funny <laughs> yeah and and also like you know the the most the oldest personality types type a and type b so the type a people are always thinking about something obsessing over it thinking about ways in which you know 10 different ways something can go wrong whereas the type b people have not even thought about it so uh, they they're happier um in 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 terms of like happiness also i feel like if you go through the dunning kruger effect you you are happier because ignorance is bliss and you're not <laughs> absolutely what it about your i agree to <laughs> i definitely agree with this if you if you guys think about the the opposite or the corollary of this uh the fact that uh, as consultants or um just as people who step into a project uh sometimes you're encouraged to project confidence you know the phrase like fake it it's, it's so popular in certain in service lines where you have to um uh, project that oh or you have to assure your client that you know something just coming in very cold onto that project so but you have to still kind of maintain a positive attitude and then that's where i think people if you're aware of the the dunning kruger effect or subconscious people who are good at this are aware of it they realize that while selling themselves they also allow themselves to have a certain bit of time to catch up on what they are trying to present but the whole thing is about making sure that your client feels like yes your confidence and your knowledge level are at the same uh, you know they're consistent so uh, let's let's now talk about because like we talked about how it's easy to recognize this effect happening in other people but we don't actually recognize it when it's happening to us because uh, you know you 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 don't know what you don't know so uh, what are some ways in which we can kind of overcome the dunning kruger effect uh, any suggestion yeah, so i think um awareness here is obviously as like the first step to 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 recognizing this and think if one of the ways that i've felt um i don't do it as much as i should but probably now that i've learned about it should try to do more is that if you ask people for feedback on things that you have worked on with them and uh, worked on for others and ask them to just evaluate and kind of open yourself up to be neutral about their evaluations to make them uh, give you uh, give you advice or suggestions that are not you know they're not trying to appease you or they're not trying to take care of your feelings i think it helps for you to impartially listen and evaluate yourself and that's where you can understand how you know where you are on that curve are you consistently hovering around in the first 10% your confidence is sky high all the time or there's stuff that you don't know as much and you have you have to be okay about how much you let that change true true uh, and i think uh, what i think is also important along with uh, self awareness is you need to actively um, stop thinking that all your assumptions are true or correct and start challenging your own assumptions whether it's an assumption about yourself or if it's something about uh, anything that you're speaking about um don't just assume that you're always right or don't just assume that just because uh i think anagar given an example or uh, you were given an example about being good at a particular subject in school and then you're just assuming that you're good at it uh, don't assume that challenge yourself ask yourself always keep that stream of um rebuttal open so that at least that will give you an opportunity to realize whether you truly do know your stuff or you're just 
um, ignorant to the different aspects of it. So along with self-awareness, this is also a part of self-awareness. This is definitely one aspect of self-awareness where you ask yourself constantly and you try to keep challenging yourself for it. Hmm. Yeah, this the, this topic really forced me to open up the dictionary on what cognitive biases are. So we can go back. <laughs> So many biases you realize and like, oops, okay, and I didn't, why didn't I pay attention to this before? Oh, another bias. You know, it's like, <laughs> you can back check any thought of yours. It's like, oh, this is a bias. That's a bias. So true. It's... Yeah. Bi- Sorry, Akshita, go ahead. No, continue. Yeah. I mean, cognitive biases are basically like, you know, we can't process and think about things. So we come up with these heuristics. Uh, like right now I'm preparing for my CFA. So there's a chapter on behavioral finance. It's basically full of all the biases that we have. Uh, one of them is, uh, I mean, I think we are completely hijacking the discussion in another direction, but let me mention this quickly. So uh, like when it comes to uh, negotiating or your perception of what is expensive, what is cheap, based on where you start from, uh, your perception will change. So like, for example, if I start negotiating from $200 for something, then $250 will, cheap, uh, will seem uh, expensive. Whereas if we start negotiating from $10, then $250 is going to be very, very expensive. So mm-hmm. that's another the most classic you know what the first value or something is you kind of tend yes. to assume that's the gauge you need to compare everything to i mean the, the other thing like i said is is basically what facebook what plays out on facebook every day it's your consumption bias you know whether you're in the us here if you're a democrat or you're a republican your views you find them being reflected to chamber it's some it's, it's somewhat that the entire political discussion now is around it's the same thing that you, you know what you believe you tend to seek that um people in this in this country now in the us there's, there's this whole clash going on because of the, um it's confirmation bias in play and it's, it's one of the bigger biases we have come to realize now recognize now very very true with like these targeted ads and basically you see more of what you want to see that is very true okay so i think we've had an amazing discussion today uh, about the dunning kruger effect let me quickly summarize everything we've discussed and if i miss out on something you guys please feel free to pitch in uh, so we started by introducing the concept uh I mean, it's popular in the world as why are, you know, dumb people overconfident and smart people doubt themselves. But actually the way Dunning-Kruger um, wanted this to, like the, the thesis was that it's, there's no dumb and smart people, but based on specific realm that we're looking at, you might be, you wouldn't have that much of an understanding. And then you might be overconfident about your ability as opposed to someone that has some semblance of what that industry is about. And we've seen it play out in our schools for sure. There's always this one guy, uh, let's call him Dharmesh Chamandas Lalwani, so as not to offend anyone. And he's like, he's always, he, he always is the one to raise his hand in class and talk about stuff that is complete nonsense or sometimes even blatantly wrong. But th- he does it with such confidence that other people who might have more appropriate things to say end up not doing it because they get like, the basically the loudest voice is heard not the correct voice um and then we talked about how it plays out in our lives uh, at work especially um you know when you when you listen to other people uh, give presentations like we just we mentioned uh, sometimes you don't because you don't know about it in that depth you come up with uh, insights uh, which um, you know they would have thought about and you don't know that why why did not go ahead with that because you don't understand it in in the depth of it and uh, then we talked about how uh we are very good at recognizing this bias in other people but we are very very bad at recognizing it within ourselves um and 
in fact to the extent that like you mentioned experts suffer through this as well like they um they they feel like uh, you know everybody's an expert whereas uh, uh the common man who knows nothing about it also feels that they're an expert and um, and then it manifests itself within the form of like armchair critics who all, everybody has something to say about the indian cricket team and why they perform really well um actually it also manifests itself as like have you seen those cringe compilation videos about singing reality shows on youtube where you'll have all these people come up on stage really confidently and they'll basically just it'll be a train wreck and the judges would you know like the audience will boo them out of the stage but they have no idea why that is happening like according to them they're like fantastic singers so that's again kind of the dunning kruger effect in uh, we're talking about uh, we're talking about andy from the office or michael scott right one of them yes <laughs> my yes yes michael yes. scott my, yes uh, world's it. best boss <laughs> i just don't understand how <laughs> the world's best boss i want people to fear how much they love me so you know that <laughs> okay and then in terms of like um, you know in terms of actually overcoming this bias within ourselves especially in in examples when we don't recognize it uh, one of the ways is that you know be very very open to criticism and constructive feedback instead of like uh, whenever i get any sort of criticism my knee jerk reaction is to come up with some sort of excuse as to why that is happening but mm-hmm. you know you should be more open to it and be more uh neutral about it and you know don't come up with excuses don't come up with biases as to why someone was giving you negative feedback that is one and second like akshita mentioned you should challenge your assumptions you should challenge your claims uh don't don't be like oh i used to be good at maths when i was in third standard so even if i'm talking about maths when i'm at work i i you know i am the boss i should people should listen to me you might be wrong um so keep yourself in check and yeah that's about it did i miss out on going to add no i think i think that was a pretty on, good summary yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean uh, and the only thing i'd add is that uh, recognizing the dunning kruger in others as well as ourselves and primarily more if you're aware it uh, of that being in yourself allows you to make allowances for others as well and be more patient with them as you see it manifest itself in them through them in real time so if you're aware that this is something they might be going through it just smile and grin and um, allow your allow yourself to 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 wait through it yeah <laughs> nice all right i think um that wraps up this discussion now it's time for the insightful slash funny incident of the week or um i mean they just you can you can talk about something <laughs> that happened last month as well uh, so uh, <laughs> do you guys have something or should i go first with my um incident go ahead it's Anand. it's funny how we always have this segment and <laughs> each time i'm so unprepared for it <laughs> like i know this is coming i i know this is a part of our podcast but then i'm so unprepared the second it arrives <laughs> please uh, go ahead let me rack my brains a bit Dude, i don't have any funny stories this time so i'll talk about something insightful that i read so i've been reading this book called the elephant in the brain uh, for a book club that actually atjsv is also a part of and i think akshita mm-hmm. you're also a part of so in that book it talks about uh, so gossip is seen as a bad thing in society like you know if you gossip it's supposed to be a bad thing but that book makes a case for why it is an essential part of society because in society uh, there are always things that people can do bad actors can do which benefit them but harm the society as a whole and for things like for bigger things like you know murder and robbery 
you have the police to kind of enforce that but for you know smaller things like manipulation or if let's say someone cuts jumps the queue if you're waiting in line and someone comes in and cuts the queue you're not going to like the police is not going to come and arrest them for that but something like gossip keeps those kind of people in check because you don't want to do uh, these kind of things and then you know get bad mounted by society in general so in that respect gossip is like a very good enforcer of you know keeping people in check which was a very new way of looking at things which i found quite yeah i uh actually that and that that book has is, is full of good insights in that way which challenge your you know the popular notion that humans always strive for positive ideals um i it's it just sort of a, a a similar experience i was watching a video recently about you know you have these throwback uh, i have lots of time here in the chicago winter so i watch a lot of videos on youtube often times youtube understands what i like to watch and it keeps recommending me more of the same so one of the videos that was you know they have these uh, old cricketing episodes from back in the 90s when you had these legends growing up and one of the the episodes was on the pakistani pace duo of wasim akram and waqar you know, and it talks about their journey from late 90 to the the rise to the high points of pakistani cricket in the early 90 and their whole journey as being a pace duo and one of the things that they talked about and this is in sync with what you just mentioned about the the concepts illustrated in the elephant in the brain is how uh, healthy competition actually kept and their egos really not just healthy competition but their egos kept spurring them to perform better and 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 what people and what the book really tries to argue is that human beings are spurred by um, negative feelings are as strong as positive feelings and sometimes they produce the best out of us so it's it's better to uh, recognize them and accept them for what they are and not try to present everything in vanilla or you know golden butterscotch or kind of picture that we try to paint of our lives like everything is positive and all that i think self awareness and and it's all ties in really well with that entire topic for today but yeah that was one of the things that i thought i thought about and i said look these people and and what was funny was that wasim and waqar were both very open about it that they had their they both had their own subgroups within the pakistani team and you know they would not really interact much with each other so they were not they were hunting in the pack but they were hunting for themselves you know they had wanted to outdo the other and that's how pakistan kept winning matches they had two leaders so is oh, wow that yeah i i, I that's it's mm, a very good example of this uh, uh this phenomenon yeah i think before my mom comes and asks me hey you're part of what book club i like to say that i tried my hand at it but i think uh as i think in one of our previous podcasts also i mentioned uh, reading is just is is that one thing i'm not able to get myself to do and i'm still actively trying each day that that <laughs> but... book it's it's tough i mean i i actually am listening to it akshita if if that is something i try i realize oh, i can't nice. read so i'm listening to an audiobook of that of the same okay book, and i find it easy to listen to it while i'm like washing the dishes or I've been put to detention by my wife <laughs> that sort of stuff you know if I'm like brewing cleaning sweeping taking the trash out I listen yeah. to that podcast and doing those things and it it stays with you I find listening yeah. to me actually much more uh, retentive yeah. Um, yeah. Than, than reading Oh, I, I, I agree with you. I think I should definitely way. try this. Uh... <laughs> this this book is so dense that when I tried reading it, I had to go reread. And like the the book club meeting is coming up next week, and I don't have time. So I also like they just switch to listening to the audio book version of it. So so then you get like more time when you're driving or when you're at yeah. the gym, you listen to it and uh, probably and somehow if the narrator is nice, that it, it, 